Welcome to the Growth Circle Podcast. Discussing topics of personal growth, gathering stories of individuals embarked on the path to success, and most importantly, providing a platform for individuals that want to learn and grow. And now, here are your hosts, Jake Ingledew and John Mitchell. Do you have a property that is in rough condition, has tenant issues, or a project that never got finished? Then you need to contact Homelink Properties. This Springfield, Missouri-based company will give you a fair cash offer on your property, completely as is, the same day you reach out. If you're an investor, Homelink Properties can also put your house in front of hundreds of cash buyers so that you too can quickly sell your property. Give them a call today, 417 217- Two nine five zero seven two three. What's up, guys and gals? This is John Mitchell with the Growth Circle Podcast, and I have my co-host Jake here on today's episode of the Growth Circle Podcast. We've got Mike Bowman on talking about his new book. Mike, Jake, welcome. Hey, good day, everybody. Glad to be here with Jake and John. Love these guys and love the podcast. I'm glad John's hosting because I sound nasally. Yeah, I dude. sound like Squidward from SpongeBob. <laughs> You sound like you sound like a cat that maybe got ran over three times. Yeah. If I talk deeper, though, probably all right, though. Hey, if you talk deeper, sounds a little normal. Cool. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, today we got uh, Mike on the show. Mike, we're super excited to have you back on the podcast. We had you on previously. You told your story of how you became a multimillionaire, and you even have a book called Hustle uh, and Repeat. Um, that people can order. Uh, they can check out the episode. I think it was episode 14, I believe, um, on the Growth Circle podcast. Um, so check that out if you have it so you can hear uh, Mike's story. But today we're going to go into you just uh, published a new book called The Five F's of Life. And uh, so we're going to just dive into it, talk about it. And hopefully what I'd like to get out of this podcast is go into some of the details of what it takes to be a, a millionaire, like the millionaire mindset, right? The routines, the disciplines, the habits um, of what it takes to be successful. And hopefully out of this podcast, of you going into this book, um, we're going to be able to draw that out of, out of this. So tell us about the five F's of life, dude. So the five F's of life is a really cool uh, compilation of principles that anybody can use in any different part of life, whether it's business, personal, relationships, anything, the five F's of life are five principles that start with the letter F that will lead you to a better life in general. And the five F's of life are faith, finance, fitness, family, and arguably the most important one, fun. (laughs) So the five F's of life are five principles that start with the letter F they will help you. Um, they'll make your life better. They've done it to me. They've done it to many other people. And um, the five F's of life are great. We'll get into maybe in a few minutes, we'll talk about how they came to be a part of my life. They were actually given to me um, by my older brother. And it, they've super took off. Very, very thankful for the five F's of life. Yeah, so let's dive into each section a little bit and talk about, uh, you've already shared that it sounds like your brother shared it with you. And I've read your book on this, so I know all the details. So uh, I'm going to act like I haven't read the book and try to draw some stuff out of it. Um, But let's just go into them and kind of talk about each uh, segment, you know, the faith, the family, the fitness, all of it, and break down some of your thoughts with, with each principle. What? Just real quick, what what drew you out and made you want to write this book? Because I know you have a couple other books. What what was your driving factor for this one? So my driving factor for this one is that I want to share what I've been given. So it's kind of like you don't want to hoard all the good stuff to yourself. These principles have helped me a lot. So I figured why not let everybody else know so everybody else can be helped too. And I, the last few books I've written have also been self-help books, but they've been more on the business side. And I figured it was time to get a little bit of a change um, and maybe have just pure self-help, maybe not as business related. Right. You know, what's actually funny that you say that, though, is uh, business and your personal life, they're, they're not separate. They're not separated. You, you're, you're, your personal life is going to trickle into your business life and vice versa. Um, which I think that this book that you're talking about is not a business book, but it could be a business book as far as the mindset goes of what it takes to be successful. 
So let's dive into it. Let's start with uh, faith. Is that where we want to start? Yeah, let's start with faith. So I believe, so I don't tell people what to believe, but whatever you believe, you should live it and it should lead you to positivity and helping yourself and helping others. So I believe in God. I'm a Christian guy. Um, I go to church and um, my wife goes to church with me. So does my daughter. I believe that people need to believe in something, uh, whether it's a higher power, whether it's God. There are different religions and different perspectives that you can take. But as long as it's leading you to, you know, grow and give and love, I mean, people need to have faith. Mm -hmm. um, and that faith will rub off on your friends. It'll rub off on your family. It will hopefully make you a better person. Um, so I think faith is really important just to kind of get you into that mindset of um, helping yourself and helping others. That's cool. John and I actually talked about faith um, on a previous podcast. And actually, I don't know if we've uploaded that episode or not. Um, we have it in the back burner. Uh, for a rainy day, but <laughs> yeah, um, faith, we, a lot of people want to talk about I, when we talk about faith, you know, we talk about it in a religious aspect and having faith in a higher power. And, uh, you know, all of us are Christian here and this is not a Christian podcast, but, um, I think it's important to have faith in something. Um, but you hear sometimes people go, well, you know, I, uh, I prayed to God and I'm sitting back and I'm waiting for him to give me the answer. And so I think that's important to bring out in this conversation is that faith is not just sitting back and waiting on somebody. It's going out and making something happen. Taking action. Yeah. yeah. It's stepping out in the dark because stepping out into the unknown and you don't know what's going to come of the circumstance, but it's still putting forth the action and, and trying to make it happen. I totally agree with you. And thank you for bringing that up. Kind of jogged my memory. But faith is believing and acting like yeah. exactly like what you said. You you can't just pray for something or, or want something and it just comes to you. doesn't work that way. It's kind of like uh, if you've read the Bible, then it's if you give a man a fish, he eats for a day. You teach a man to fish, he eats for a lifetime. So it's kind of like um, you working at it and you believing in it. So it requires action. I think I think part of that action too as well as having faith in yourself that God has bestowed um, drive and talent into you to do you know, having the faith in yourself to step out and take that action is, is you know, a part of that. Well, yeah, in, in taking all religion out of it, <clears throat> I think it's important to, like you said, to believe in yourself and then allow that belief to grow and then go out and become what you believe that's going to, that you know, is out there. So, for example, if we'll just use, yeah, we talk about, you know, being a multimillionaire or whatever. Uh, have the belief that you are capable of doing that and then go out and make it happen by portraying what a multimillionaire, how he would act, how he would conduct himself, what kind of actions he would take, you know, the drive and all, all that kind of stuff. And, and actually that's a perfect point. And to piggyback on it, um, there is, there's a spiritual creation or, you know, mental creation before any physical creation, a guy who wants to go out and build a building doesn't just go out and build it with his hands and he visualizes it in his brain or in his mind. Um, he puts it down on paper, he gets the crew together, and then after all that preparation is done, he builds it with his two hands or his crew and his machines and stuff. So there is, there's a spiritual or a, you know, mental creation, and then there's also the fulfillment of that creation you know, physically. So I think that's super, super important because when you're becoming more successful and you're getting bigger and better, you have to visualize it and have faith in yourself. Then you go out and you work and you make it physically in front of you. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because I that's some questions I had that I wanted to ask you about. And we'll go further into some of the principles in your book. But while we're on the topic, do you do anything as far as affirmations or uh, visualization or have a vision board or anything to do those things? Because I'm a firm believer that things are manifested spiritually before they are physically. Um, so can you talk a little bit about some of that? Yeah. So actually, and I've, I've got a, a few thoughts on that. Um, I visualize my goals in my mind, but I haven't actually used a vision board or pictures. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, on my phone and on my computer, my, my background is my family, and they help me visualize my goals, and they're a constant reminder. Um, I think about my goals and dreams a lot, and everything I do is to hit those goals. So I visualize, like, you know, in my brain and in my uh -huh. mind and stuff, and then I go out and make it happen with my hands. I don't necessarily have a whiteboard or anything right. or, like, a wall that has pictures and stuff. I know a lot of guys that do, and that's a, or girls that do. 
Um, and it's a good strategy to visually see it every day and work towards it. I think that's huge yeah. for a lot of people. For me, I just, I think about it all the time. So what's your process look like? Are you like in the morning, you're sitting in a quiet space, thinking about your goals and visualizing it? Are you, uh, visualizing the future attaching some kind of emotion to it to how it would will feel like look like all that kind of stuff or like what what are you doing what's your process look like so my process and i believe we talked about this on our previous episode we did together too is i have a a really steady ritual that i do every morning or routine you know wake up at the same time every morning you know read the for the same amount of minutes in my scriptures and all that stuff every morning you know i I take a poop every morning for the same I amount of he minutes. Wanted to say it. He and wanted to say it. <laughs> so, I mean, this it's all down to the minute. I exercise for the same amount of minutes every morning, give or take, you know, a few minutes if I'm going a little slower or faster on my jog. But it's all down within a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Every single morning I have that routine. Um, and that helps me visualize and helps me go forward um, uh, just having that routine. I would say, though, that my biggest time of reflection is actually at nighttime. So... The last 10 to 15 minutes of every day, uh, when I finish the day, you know, whether it's saying, you know, prayers or just thoughts and thinking about it, I found that probably the most insightful stuff has come to me the last 10 or 15 minutes of the day. Um, so the most vision stuff and thinking about the future and setting goals, um, we just started the year 2022. So I obviously set goals like most people do. And those goals came to me, you know, during the day, but at nighttime too. How, so. how often do your goals change? I think it's it's kind of funny how entrepreneurs, it seems like their goals are always shifting or changing just a little. How often do you change your goals or do you just stick with that same goal all year? Man, my goals change all the freaking time. And I mean, just like you said, John, with entrepreneurs, the goal is always changing and the goal is you know shifting. Obviously, it's all to better yourself and your business and the people around you. Um, but my goals change, I mean... Today, to say daily is is not really accurate, but probably like every couple months or or even definitely multiple times throughout the year. Multiple times throughout the year, goals shift and they change, but they're all for the common overall goal of increasing your finances, increasing your your faith, increasing your fitness, increasing your family relations, and increasing your fun. So it's all for the increase, but it does the the individual goals to get their shift. How do you feel like... um how do you feel like setting your goals in place and knowing where your goals are at? How do you feel like that's helped you be successful? How has having goals and knowing what you want and knowing what you want your business to become, how has that helped you achieve those goals? It just keeps me more accountable. You know, I think for most people, when they write it down or when they tell their family members or when they tell their spouse or their friends, when when you put your goals down on paper or through talking to people, it just holds you more accountable. So I feel like I'm more effective. The more I talk with people about their goals, the more I talk about my goals, the more I write it down, you know, talk with my wife. And actually, um, we're just a few days into the new year. And I texted probably a dozen of my friends saying, what are your 2022 goals? I even texted Jake and, um, and everybody was telling me their goals and I kept a mental note of it. And I also told them my goals. So that way everybody can keep each other accountable. So I think it's, it's easier to keep yourself and for others to keep you accountable when you write them down. Sure. That's all. Sure. My wife and I, we, every year we do a ritual where we kind of do like a little couples retreat and we'll go through our goals together and what we want to accomplish. And that could be, you know, as a family, different goals, like we plan it all out and, and, and do that. So that's pretty fun. Let's go into the next, uh, is there anything else you want to say about the faith section before we move on? Um, uh, about faith, it's, just a, it's a mental thing and and then it's a physical thing so it's a you know visualize it and then it's a go after it yeah um that's i think that's the most important i think the most important is um is doing the action part because a lot of people can talk a lot of people can say a lot of people can believe but mm-hmm. until they act on it that's where you show you know where you're truly at yeah awesome okay so let's go into the next uh segment so we got faith and then what would you say fitness is the second one yeah, fitness, at least for me and for for most people, is a big one. So um, let's see with uh, Tony Robbins. If you've ever heard of Tony Robbins, may you may or may not have. He's a motivational guy, very very successful, and he's been successful since a young age, since eighteen or nineteen years old. Tony Robbins has a quote, and it goes some. 
it goes, you don't want to be the richest man in the graveyard. So without your body, without your fitness and your vitality, uh, really, you're, you don't really have much. So you want to be able to enjoy your success. You want to be able to enjoy your relationships and enjoy fun and life. So I think fitness is super crucial because a lot of your life, a lot of the perspective of your life comes from if you're fit or not. Because if you can't leave the house, if you're always in pain, if you, you can't do certain activities with your kids or your family uh, because you're out of shape. So I think fitness is super crucial because it allows you to live a more full life. And for me, um, different fitness is different for different people, right? Um, different people do different things. Different people exercise and eat and have different diets and rituals and that's totally cool um because you know what's best for you for me fitness means waking up at 5 30 every morning um after you know reading scripture using the bathroom uh i decide to jog six miles actually i jog six one day and then seven the other day so i go back and forth on odd and even day six miles one day seven the other day i take a break on sunday uh because i believe everybody needs a day of rest and that's my day of rest so fitness for me is jogging in the morning, doing stretches, pushing up, push ups, sit ups, and then trying to eat healthier. So just before we started the podcast, I was telling Jake and John that it's been a few years since I've drank a soda, and that's not a that's not a religious thing. It's not anything thing. It's just a fitness thing for me. So I realized um, after I'd been married for a few years to my wife, I'd put on like twenty five pounds. <laughs> so. I don't know. We've got um, we've got a married guy in here, Jake, and then and John. I've put on a crap ton of pounds. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then Jake, you're getting married here soon. Yeah, John. John. Yeah, John. <laughs> Too many Jakes. I'm already, I'm already married. Jake, John, everybody's getting yeah. me tripped up. But but anyways, yeah, Jake. Jake's married. John's on his way to get married. So you guys are gonna find out soon. But I I was married for the first couple of years, and um, I'd put on some weight, and I was really worried about it. So. Um, I'm a shorter guy, so to put on 25 pounds, that's a big deal. And I looked back at my diet, and you could guess the diet, almost like any 20-year-old. It was mainly consisting of hamburgers and candy and soda. <laughs> and, and that's and fruit gushers. And fruit gushers. <laughs> I love those. So, so for me, that was a little bit of reality check saying, oh, man, I – you know, I drink soda all the time, eating candy all the time, eating you know, all these carbs and stuff. So for me, fitness is is exercising every morning and just watching what I eat, you know, not going crazy, but also, you know, tr- living a little bit. So keeping it in check. And you mentioned in your book um, that you don't like eat certain things. You're, you're you've cut some different stuff out of, out of your diet. How consistent are you with that? And are you tracking that at all? So I don't track it per se, like write it down every day that I do it and every day that I don't, Mm -hmm. but I've been, um, trying to eat healthier for about two years now. So it's just kind of is how it is now. So what what kind of difference have you noticed since you've been doing this, that you've been consistently exercising and, and kind of cutting out some of the crap? Well, I lost the 25 pounds. That's good. So, (laughs) so I lost the weight that I had put on, which Which was led to a baby, right? Which led to a baby, <laughs> a little more intimacy. Um, truth be told, my wife said she liked me better chubby, but that's okay. Um, so it, it led me to obviously lose a little bit of weight, but um, overall, I just have so much more energy. Um, I, I feel happier. I can get more stuff done during the day. I don't feel like I need to take a nap during the day. Um, so I just feel like overall, my quality of life has improved. Cool. So, when, hey, when you went into that, because that's kind of what I'm dealing with that a little bit right now, like I want to work out and stuff, but it's hard to go from eating like that to eating healthier. What pushed you over the what pushed, pushed you over the edge there? It was just that realization moment looking at the scale like, holy smokes, you know, I put on all this and it which 25 pounds is for me, it felt like a lot. Sure. And um, so for me, it was just kind of like that, oh, crap moment. Like if I keep going at this rate, I've only been married a year and a half and I put on 25 pounds. If I do, if I gain 25 pounds every year and a half for the next decade, I'm screwed. So, <laughs> I mean, I want to live life to the fullest. And I think a lot of people do. A lot of people want to live life to the fullest. And I think part of that is being physically fit. So it was kind of that aha physically moment. Fit, physically fit. Physically fit. Is right. that a, is that a like <laughs> Axel F song? What's or? that? Uh, uh, Madagascar. Madagascar, yeah. <laughs> we know because we have kids. <laughs> yeah, the Madagascar uh, king. Uh, there's a king on uh, the King Julian. King Julian, yeah. He's a funny little uh, I'm monkey. 
I feel like I'm growing a kid in my belly as much food as I eat. <laughs> Seriously. Actually, he's a lemur. He's yeah. a lemur. Yeah. yeah, Jake, get it right, dude. <laughs> I said monkey, but. Okay, so um, obviously uh, being physically fit affects your mindset, gives you more energy, it makes you feel better, and you just have more self-confidence because obviously you're working towards taking care of, you're just taking care of yourself. Um, is there anything else that we want to cover as far as fitness goes until we go into the next part of the book? I think we've just about covered it all, but I th just fitness overall really can affect your mood. It can really affect your productivity. Fitness affects a lot more than you really think. Even down to even down to um, you know getting sick and stuff. I mean, the the more fit you are, the more you're exercising, the better foods you're eating. Um, I mean, you just you feel better and you get less sick. You, My go ahead. You know what I think's funny. A lot of successful people that we know that were all around all work out and exercise. And I think that's funny because, uh, you know, we're always talking about investing in real estate or uh, buying a house or an apartment unit or apartment units or whatever. And I just a while back, I just realized that like a reason that I want to work out is because that's like an investment in yourself that something always gets slipped right over the top is you always forget about that investment in yourself. Well, and I think too, is like we, a lot of times when we're talking about being wealthy, we're, we're talking about being rich, right? As far as material, materialistically goes, I think wealth is not just having your finances in order. It's having your, the five Fitness, F's of yeah. life in order, right? Like your faith, your, your family, your fitness, your finances, uh, having fun, those different things. So, um, let's, let's hop into the next part then. <clears throat> so next part we can deal with family. So Family is, is very, very important. Um, there are different family scenarios all across the world. Um, there are different situations for everybody. You know, some people have adopted. Some people are in blended families. Some people have blood families. Um, some people uh, just have really good friends. So you don't necessarily need to be blood-related to somebody to call them family. You know, you can call your friends and your loved ones family. Um, I think family is very important because everybody needs somebody. Mm -hmm. Everybody needs somebody to, you know, help them and you help them. They help you uh, kind of scratch each other's backs um, and also give each other positive encouragement. So having people around you that you love and that love you is crucial. Yeah, for sure. I think to even uh, go further with that, because, you know, we talk about this a lot with in success. It's talked about a lot. It's like, you know, look at the people that you surround yourself mm -hmm. by surrounding yourself by people that might not be family, but they are in a better situation than you or have something that you want, they pull you to that level. They, they elevate you. So I think it's important to surround yourself by that. And that's why, you know, obviously we've all become friends as Mike's obviously the hot, the, you know, the, the hot dog in the room. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, that, that saying, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Yeah, pretty much. So we're all going to have long hair and, you know, own apartment units. <laughs> and not even real Nike socks or shoes. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually wearing the same knockoff Nikes today that I did on our last episode a while ago. But on the contrary, though, um, is that the people you surround yourself can uplift you or they can bring you down. Mm -hmm. Sure. I mean, if you start hanging out with people that are not doing the best things or not making the most money or kind of complacent or just not wanting to better life, then you're going to become like that. Yeah. And and if that's the direction you're okay going, then that's power to you. You know, everybody has their free agency or their free will of choice. You can literally do whatever you want with your life. That's totally up to you. But if you want to be more fulfilled and you want to become bigger and better, then you have to hang out with people who are bigger and better. Yeah. What's can be sad and can be hard as even though the, the ones that you love and the ones that you care about that are actual family can sometimes be the ones that drag you down. But yeah. That's, that's a, a whole nother topic for another time. But I, I, I agree. I think it's important to uh, focus on family. Like my family is like one of the most important things for me. Uh, you know, we set family goals and, and make sure we're doing family vacations and just spending a lot of quality time together. Um, not quantity time, but quality time. I agree. And if I could even interject there, uh, when it comes to, you know, our families, I love my family. So I have parents, I have siblings, I have a wife, I have a daughter, um, a baby daughter, two years old, you know, as we're doing this podcast. And I love my daughter and my wife. We play every single morning. So part of my morning ritual isn't just, you know, scripture, bathroom, rigorous workout, um, setting goals. 
I also block out at least an hour every morning to play with my wife and my daughter. So we, we go downstairs, we have a little slide, we have toys. And so baby and I play at least an hour every single day. And that's, I mean, the president of the United States couldn't get through at that time if he tried to call me because I leave my phone, I play with her, we have quality time because family is extremely important and I love my family. You know, you, you and I have talked about that before, that that was part of your routine. And I've always set aside time for family, you know, on like the weekends or maybe the weeknights or whatever, because like I felt like I was always most productive in the morning time. But I started to just try to experiment uh, with what it would be like if I spent more quality time in the morning. And it's a night and day difference. Yeah, I, I have more energy to do it. Uh, it's, it's more personable and it's my kids are a lot better for it. I'm a lot better for it. It's uh, so thank you for sharing that because that that's something I've been doing and it's been helping out a lot. You're welcome. And wish John, I had John, to say John, that. John, yeah. John wants kids. I want kids so bad. John's going to have kids. It's just the more money he makes, the more kids his wife will let him yeah, have. Yeah, dude, we already had an agreement. She said if I was uh if if I was a multimillionaire and multi is two, okay, <laughs> that I could have four kids. Amen. So Let's Does it go up four kids wait, every two multi, million you make? Isn't multi oh. like 1.1? Yeah, I guess. Because yeah. <laughs> it's right after it's one? That's over. <laughs> well, I think you'd have, have to have multiple millions. Oh, multiple millions, oh, okay. <laughs> which you're well on your way there. You're going to get there shortly, so start cranking them out. Have twins. Back-to-back <laughs> -back twins. Yeah. Dude, what if I had quadruplets on the first go-around? You'd be lucky. <laughs> I'd pray for you. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't be as much fun, though. Um, cool. So yes, family, I agree is very important. Um, is there anything else, Mike, that you wanted to share with that you mentioned in the book? Um, as far as family goes before we move on to the next topic. So we've, we've covered a ton, just like we did on the last couple principles. Um, I just, I think family is really important, you know, whether you have blood family or, or people that you just call family and their friends and you guys are close. That's a big difference. Sure. Having that strength and having that foundation, because I believe everybody Everybody needs somebody, and that somebody can help you, and you can help them. I was about to buzz out in a song when he said that. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So what's the, what's the next principle? What's the next F in life? The next F in life, um, and these are all F and crazy, <laughs> if I can say that, um, so is finance. So finance is, like the other Fs of life, very, very important because – Without your finances, um, there really isn't that good a quality of life. So different people have different finances. Different people have different goals. Different people have different ways to get to their goals. And so I think every situation is different because every person's different. But all in all, um, everybody can get on the same page on getting their finances in order. Actually, getting them in order is different for every person. But getting on that path to getting them in order is, is the same for everybody. Sure. Yeah, that takes a lot of work too. Like for somebody that's not maybe set on their finances, like getting out of the habit of spending money on ignorant things and stuff and then getting into, you know, investing or something, like that's a big turnaround, man. It is. And go ahead, Jake. Well, I was just I was thinking about your story, which people again they need to listen to that episode or grab your book, uh, Hustle and Repeat. But um you kinda went from living in your parents' basement, right? Mm -hmm to trading uh, a truck for a crappy home and doing that multiple times, um, which is funny because that whole story, uh, which we've already talked about it, so I don't want to go into the whole details of it, but that whole story of it took how many phone calls and how many people you tried to get that deal to where you traded that truck for a house. Um, what I like to pull out of this story is just the persistence you had. How many people would have given up after the first couple phone calls? You know, Or just the, just the one. I know a person that quit and I'm not going to get into the details of what it was they quit, but they quit going to a certain program in school because they didn't get accepted one time. Mm. Well, did they try again or did they try a different school? Like wow. they, they just gave up and completely switched directions they're going to go in life because, well, I guess I can't get in, so it's not worth my time or it's not what I'm supposed to do. And that's a good point because people say the phrase, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day or just you, you – you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. There are all these cheesy quotes out there, you know, yeah. and it's all about putting in multiple times of effort. So, Jake, like you mentioned, um, one of the things that really got me started was trading my daily driver, a 1999 Ford F-250 truck, for a crappy house. Um, 
and I had to make over 30 phone calls to get that one deal, and I had to follow up with the 30 different uh, individual sellers and sellers realtors. It was, it was a ton of work, and it took a few months. So a few months of rejection before I finally got the yes, and I was able to move forward trading the truck. Then I was able to flip that house, and I was able to buy another truck. Then I traded that even the newer and nicer truck for two houses, and then flipped both of those, and it's just it's been a snowball ever since. Um, I was able to acquire about 13 rental houses in the space of the first year um, that I was real estate investing. Um, and then after those 13 houses, I bought a self-storage facility, you know, where people store their crap and stuff. And I, I was able to acquire a 32-unit apartment complex after that. So I had almost 100 units, and I was, you know, barely 22 at that point. And it was driving me crazy, so I, I liquidated it all and got into a big 119 unit apartment complex, which is much more manageable for me. Um, but it's been, which is interesting because it's a lot more units, but a uh, good property manager is, is super, super key. And we can talk about that on, um, on future deals or if you get into real estate, a property manager, very, very important. But to circle back, um, it all started out with being super, super persistent, being super, super stubborn. My parents told me growing up, and I can't remember if I included this in the book or not, the five F's, but they were always so nice to me, my parents were, when it came to me bugging them. So they, they kept saying, man, you are, Michael, you are just so persistent. You have a lot. You're very persevering. And what they were saying is that you're bugging me all the time. <laughs> you're super stubborn. If you don't want to do something, you don't do it. If you do want to do it, you don't stop until it's done. Yeah, but what's really cool about that, so I just read a quote, and maybe I'll try to pull it up. But basically what you say externally to your kids, they take internally. So even if they were saying it in kind of like a jabbing way, well, they were they were being nice. Yeah, oh, yeah. they, they oh, were being okay, you know okay. saying persevering and yeah. they could have said stubborn, but they did. Gotcha, gotcha. So but but that was the dialogue that they told you, mm -hmm. that external dialogue that you took internally. That you're like, yeah, I'm a persistent person. I'm persevering. I wonder if that helped build um, that mindset that you have today. And that's kind of what I really would like to dive into is like how how did you get that mindset? How were you able to be persistent and push through? Uh, the opposition, man, that, That's that a is big kind of a loaded question. Um, so how I got that persistence, I feel like a lot of it was, uh, God given, or, you know, it's just a talent that I was born with in other words, um, was doing something until it's done or, you know, not stopping until I get what I want. Um, but a lot of that was, was nurtured between my, my parents. I mean, obviously they were giving me a hard time for being stubborn. You know, I remember, um, one year, all I wanted was an iPod shuffle. You know, you remember those iPod <laughs> oh, yeah. shuffles, little you, you square could, little square ones, you oh, could clip man. them. The little, <laughs> that's that's a yes. iPod shuffle. Oh man. <laughs> all I wanted was an iPod shuffle. And that's all I thought about until, you know, I worked towards it. I asked my parents and, um, they ended up just like giving it to me or something for a birthday. I don't think I even paid for it, but, um, but I was eight or nine at the time and just super, super like crazy. You know, that was all I could think about until I satisfied that goal. And go ahead. Well, I just, you made me think of something else that John and I talk about all the time, all the time. It's one of my favorite quotes by Grant Cardone and it's be obsessed or be average. And I think having that obsess obsession over whatever it is, you're, the goal you want in life. If you obsess over it, it's going to happen. If you don't obsess over something, you're just going to be an average Joe and you're not going to have your, the hopes and dreams that you want filled. And I would actually extend an invite to everybody listening. I mean, I'll do it again too, is just get obsessed about one thing get real persistent about one thing, see if it pans out or not. Because, <laughs> I mean, because once you pers persevere, you're stubborn about it, you won't stop till you get it or until it's done, and then you get it, it's just a gratification. I mean, it's just freaking crazy. It's, you feel so good, you finally got it, and that gives you more drive to um, go and do more things. And I think that's probably what helped me out from an early age was, getting obsessed or persevering or stubborn about persistence about one thing. And then once it happened, maybe that iPod shuffle or maybe something else, then it was just like a snowball of, I can do this again and again and again. Right. I want to say something that goes right in line with this that I think is super funny. Um, when I was working at FedEx, my nine to five, you know, a year and a half ago or whatever, a year ago, I was listening to a Steve Harvey podcast <laughs> he, and he's got great stuff. Yeah. yeah he's he funny. does have good stuff. And he said, write down 90, 100 things 
goals that you want to work for in a year? And he said, pray about it, obsess over it, meditate on it. And then at the end of that year, cross off how many of those you did. And so I took last year when I heard that, and I want to say it was in like October of last year, I had a whiteboard in my office. And so I wrote down 10 or 15 things on there. And the other night I was up in my office and now I went to a, a big a poster of what my vision board is, but I looked at that old whiteboard and I crossed off 95% of everything that was wow. on there. Yeah, and I was awesome. like, I was like those things that I focused on doing and just kept going and going and going, even though I wasn't doing, I didn't look at that whiteboard all the time, but I knew what my goals were. I was like amazed when I was like, I've literally done almost everything. That was a goal last year. So when I was on my mission, my mission president, who I have the most respect for, I mean, he, he's the guy that if I could be anybody, that'd be the guy I'd want to be. He gave us what he called the five anchors, uh, basically to be a successful missionary, but they were the same principles that in business, cause he's a big business guy. And, uh, the first principle that he shared with us is laser focus. Hmm. And I, and I've been, I've been meaning to think about writing a book about it. Uh, but you anyways, um, laser focus. I just, I think that's the key is the obsession over whatever it is, just lasering in on it, um, is going to be huge. And you'll see that when you go through hard things in life, the qualities that you have get more defined, sure. you know? So it's kind of like, um, becoming an entrepreneur or doing something hard really just amplifies your, your feelings and who you are. If you're a dishonest person and you're an entrepreneur, you'll become more dishonest. Yeah. If you are a hard worker and you become an entrepreneur or do something hard, you're going to become even, you know, even better. So I feel like who you are, um, gets amplified as you're an entrepreneur, as you do something hard, as you try to be bigger and better, your, your qualities, your traits, whatever they are, just get amplified. The we more had, you put them to use, yeah. We actually said that on our podcast. I want to say it's probably haven't uploaded it yet, but it was a quote that I read that said, "If you're a good, if you're a good person, broke, you're going to be an even better person, rich or wealthy." Which circles right back to what we're talking about: is finances, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because <clears throat> money is not the root of all evil. It's it's the love of money that's the root of all evil, right? Mm -hmm. And and money can magnify who you are as a person. Just like you said, if yep. you're an evil person and you're going to do dishonest things, you're going to continue to do that just, you know, no matter what. So on a bigger scale. On, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, let's, get, let's hop back into finances. Unless there's anything else you wanted to mention. So, uh, it's just as, as far as, you know, finance, we talked a little bit about perseverance and about being stubborn and, you know, working, working, working till you get it. Um, I feel like as you go through hard things, those qualities will, will manifest themselves in you. Um, I feel like um, I've had you know a handful of hard things happen in my life. Like everybody, everybody has a story. Everybody has hard things. Um, you know, my father passed away when I was about ten years old. Very hard time, cardiac arrest. Um, I've moved in and out of the country multiple times. You know, as a youth, um, I, we lived in Costa Rica. Um, and then I actually lived in Africa for my two-year ministry trip that I we didn't talked know you about. Lived in Costa Rica. I did. I, I love Costa Rica. Oh, it's a great place. I ended up. Um, going back there for my honeymoon with my wife. But I lived in Costa Rica from about age five to age 10. Wow. So, so young, young guy, you know, really kid, um, learning Spanish and all that stuff. So um, hard things build resilience. So the, everybody has hard things in life. You can either let them make you or break you. So the harder things you have, the bigger and better you can become or the harder you fall. Yeah. It's up to you. That's awesome. So, uh, Let's talk a little bit more about finances. Is there anything else you wanted to cover with finances? I think that's it for now. Okay, cool. Uh, last thing I want to say about finances is just that what I love about if you can get into a situation to where you have quote unquote financial freedom, um, you begin to not focus on the necessities of life. And I think, I don't know if you, we, we've talked about it with you or somebody else, but the high, those hierarchy of needs, you know, shelter, food, water, you know, taking care of your family, putting food, you know, food on the table, all that kind of stuff. When you get to a certain situation or a uh, financial situation to where you don't have to focus on that, you can begin having impact mm -hmm. and begin putting more good into the universe. Um, so I just think it's important to take care of your finances. Amen. Okay. Next. What do we got next? Last is the last five F's. Last <laughs> of the five favorite. F's. My favorite. Um, I, they're all great. It's fun. Have you seen the SpongeBob episode? Which one is the SpongeBob? I love SpongeBob. 
F is for friends yeah. who do stuff together. <laughs> U is for you and me. <laughs> That's exactly it. So straight out of the lips of SpongeBob is fun. So Life coach. Life coach. Thank you, SpongeBob. <laughs> and Squidward. So... <laughs> Because uh, Jake is Squidward over here. He's a little congested. Jake's a, Jake's a Patrick. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. Oh, man. That was uh, mean, dude. I'm cutting that out of the podcast. Yeah, cut that out. <laughs> well, who does that make John? Mr. Krabs? <laughs> oh, dude. Uh, or Plankton. Yeah, but Yeah, probably Plankton. I seem so, like a Plankton. Yeah, you're a Plankton guy. <laughs> um, but anyways, fun is is really important. And obviously... We go way more in depth about all these principles in my book. You'll have to get it on Amazon. Well, I'm sure we'll have a link um, where you can buy it and yep, stuff. Because I feel like I'm not even covering hardly anything compared to what's in there. Right. So I think really the the book is always better than the movie, or in this case, the podcast. Yeah, and just a second <laughs> that notion. I've read the book. It's super good. It's an easy read. It's a short read, but it's packed full of awesome principles. So definitely get the book. Yep, and the, read the book. The best of Mike Bowman. <laughs> yep, you got it, man. But anyways, fun. So I believe everybody needs to have fun. And whether that fun, fun can be different for every person. You know, it could be, you know, shooting some hoops. It could be playing some video games. It could be, you know, bicycling or motorcycle or jet ski. Or it could just be throwing around a ball with your buddies. So fun is different for different people. And different activities are fun for different people. So I think fun is so important because, A, we all need to de-stress you know, life is stressful. Whether whether you are born to someone who is way loaded or whether you are born in poverty or whether you're somewhere in between, you know, everybody has life stresses. Everybody does. And sometimes it's financial, sometimes it's emotional, sometimes it's spiritual. It for different people they have different trials, but everybody gets stressed out and everybody needs a de stress. Um and fun is one of the best ways to de stress. Um so in the book, you'll see there's a few pictures of me skydiving. So that was way out of my comfort zone, man. Uh, a couple of my brothers um, hit me up one day, and you'll read about this in the book. You'll see the pictures. And they just said, hey, you want to come see us skydive? You know, we're, we're just going to go skydive. You can watch from the ground, and it will be fun. So I said, okay. And then I brought my, my baby daughter. We went to the, um, to the airplane and all that stuff. And my daughter and I were, were staying on the ground safe while my two brothers went to skydive. And um, shouting from the plane, and you got to imagine this too. This was a rickety airplane. I mean, there was a little bit of tape, a little bit of duct tape on one of the landing gear. Um, not the landing gear itself, but the, the handle to pull oh, it down. Man. And the plane was from like the 50s or the 60s. It was an old Cessna plane or something. So from this rickety old plane, um, the pilot shouts out, there's room for one more. <laughs> and at that point, my brothers both looked at me and they said, you got to jump in here, man. You got to go skydiving with us. I was not prepared. Um, I like to have fun. You know, I like to goof around. But to jump out of a plane two miles in the air was not prepared for it at all. And um, at that point, I just said, oh, what the heck? So I got out my phone. I made a video, Will. And because <laughs> <laughs> um, you never know when you're skydiving. So got out my phone, made a video, Will, said, my wife and my baby get it all. And here is where my passwords are and all that stuff. And this is the bank accounts. So made a little 30-second, Will, um, kissed my baby daughter on the head and said, love you so much. I hope to see you in a few minutes. And got jumped up in that airplane. Um it was a 20-minute um, ascent to go up, and the little airplane just kept puttering and puttering and puttering and puttering, <laughs> and it was just the tiniest little airplane. I mean, very, very tiny. We were almost sitting on top of each other just on the ground. There weren't even any seats because we were just in a little cargo part. But 20 minutes, we were ascending. We finally get up to the top, and I was the first to jump. And when you go skydiving for the first time, most of the time you have an instructor on your back. So I had an instructor strapped to my back, and as soon as we open the side gate uh, or the side door of the little tiny airplane, the wind starts coming in. It's so windy. It feels cold. And he's talking to me and he pats me on the back. I can't hear anything because it's so windy. And he just gestured for me to put out one of my feet. And I put out one of my feet and then boom, the wind just took us straight out. <laughs> and it was honestly one of the most exhilarating moments of my life after we left the plane. But when we were still in the plane, scared out of my brains. I mean, very, very, very like, I shouldn't be doing this. I just want to ride the plane back down. <laughs> so um, the free fall lasted about a minute. 
And then the um, after that, we popped the chute, and we coasted for about four more minutes at a much slower speed. So all that being said, you know, maybe you care about my skydiving experience, maybe not. Um, either way, um, it just shows that I had a ton of fun that day, and it really just made me want to be bigger and be better and and just make a better life for myself. So it pushed me out of my comfort zone big time. I had a lot of fun with people that I love. I think people need to do that more often is go outside their comfort zone because in your book, you talk about all the fear and the thoughts that are going through your head. And if somebody would have just focused on that, there's no way you would have gone out the plane. You'd have been like, no, nope, I'm too scared. And you would have missed out on a huge opportunity for an exhilarating time, you know? Yeah, dude, skydiving. I I went to the same place you did. I thought it was one of the most fun things ever. It literally feels like you're just hanging over the edge when they open that door up. Like you're just – it almost feels like they're the only thing holding you in the plane is your instructor on your back because you're just like <laughs> hanging out. And you're like, dude, this ain't good. This ain't right. I want to do it. Oh, dude, you got to go. What were you feeling, John? What was your experience? Oh, so the only reason I went, because I didn't want to go, but Savannah, my fiance, her dad was like, if you go, I'll pay for it. Nice. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to go. And, dude, the free fall, like, I was like you. I was scared going up, but the free fall was so worth it, dude. It was, I told him, I was like, let's free fall for as long as we possibly can. Yeah. And the free fall, dude, it was legit. Like, when you get up that high and you're looking down, you're like, it was literally like, man, dude, this is what it looks like from up here. Like, it didn't even look like real. It looked like a picture. It was one of the most beautiful things, you know, falling down and just looking at God's creation. I want to do it. Yeah, next episode, Jake will have done it. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> you pay for it. Deal. It, it's like, like John said, it's a couple hundred bucks. I think it was no, $229. Um, but, yeah, exactly like John said, when you skydive – it literally just feels like you're watching a YouTube video of like a drone or like it just or like you're on a video game. I mean, because you just see so much that you're not used it to is, seeing. It's crazy. It does not seem real. So, what I, you know, we are not even scratching the surface of some of the principles that have come out that are in the five F's of life. We're just kind of briefly going through because we only have so much time in this podcast. Some of the things I'd like to dive into, though, is is how you set goals and what that process looks like. Cause I'm, I'm sure that you probably because of these five F's of life, they're, they're different facets of life that we should set goals in. Do you use the five F's as a kind of an anchor or a platform to be like, okay, I need a goal for faith. I need a goal for family. I need a goal for fitness and, and so on and so forth. Yeah, totally. Totally. I think the five F's of life are a great way to start for your goals. Maybe even just make one goal per principle. So make five goals, one faith, one fun, one fat, you know, family, fitness, finance, and all that stuff. Um, I set spiritual money goals, physical goals, emotional goals. Um, I think about what's best for me personally and my family and kind of backtrack from there. So it's kind of like, have you ever heard the phrase, the ends justify the means? Yeah. Uh, some guy said it a long time ago and, um, and it's a debatable quote, but for me, I, I kind of just look at what are the ends, what do I want, and then backtrack from there. So do I want to be, you know, physically fit? Yes. How do I need to get there? Do I need to, you know, go to the gym? Do I need to eat better? Do I need to, you know, do this or do that or portions? Um, How much money do I want to make this month or this year? Backtrack from there. How many deals do I need to close? How much effort do I need to put in? Um, How, you know, how do I want to improve my family relationships where do i want my family to be in x amount of time and then backtrack from there so the way that i set goals is exactly like you said jake um i just have the five f's in mind Mm -hmm. um and i think about what i want as if i already had it you know and then just backtrack from there and then make a few smaller goals to get to that big goal how far out are you going are you going do you have like a 10-year goal a five-year goal three-year and then one year like that or um like, do you have a vision for each of those year, uh, years or, or whatever? So, yeah, I'm I'm thinking probably a couple decades in the future right now. Um, the decisions that I make today, I'm thinking because I'm 24. I just turned 24 a few, a few days ago. And so I'm thinking about, you know, stuff in the 50s. So I'm thinking about 25 years ahead of time right now. Um, and those are just long-term goals. There, I just have a, just a few long-term goals. You know, uh-huh. This is where I want my finances to be at. This is where I want my family to be at. This is where I want my fitness. This is where my fun. Um, so there's 
uh, and faith, obviously. So I have some big long-term goals, uh, you know, 20, 50 or 25, 30 years down the road. Uh, but most of my goals are for this year. So most of my goals are just kind of year to year. Um, and I think most people do that too. I don't really have monthly goals. Um, I do better, uh, just going kind of like year to year on the goals. So you don't go like a year out and then say, okay, like for example, let's say you wanted to make a hundred thousand dollars next year and then break it down. Well, okay. What do I need to do each month to contribute? What do I need to do each day, each, you know, each week, each day? or what daily habit or anything like that? Do you, you don't break it that far down? I actually, I don't break it that far down because mm-hmm. for me as a person, and it's different for most people, um, but I, for example, say I want to make X amount of dollars this year. Uh-huh. And then, and that just is what it is. And I, I know how <laughs> to make- no option B. That's there's just, no that's option, the option B. It is what it is. And I know that, you know, for my personal situation, I'm a full-time realtor and property investor. So I know I'm going to, you know, get commissions. I'm going to wholesale houses. I'm going to flip houses. I'm going to do anything I can in this year to reach that goal, that financial goal. So for me, I actually work better uh, just having the big goal. You know, this is how many dollars I want to bring home. And then it's just, it's free reign, whatever it takes, anything throughout the year legally to get to that goal (laughs) so so for me it's just it's totally like the ends justify the means you know in in the legal sense right i think that's unique how people work like that because i'm i'm the type of person that i need to i need to break stuff down like i need to like if i have a a one-year goal of making 100 grand i need to break that down on how much i need to do in the month and how much i need to do Mm -hmm. that week to hit that goal and if i do more like i always strive for more but it if I feel like if I don't have them little goals, I get kind of just lost in my thoughts. It's a good way to gauge yourself. They're yeah. like stepping stones to the big goal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a good totally. way just to keep my mind on track on what I like. Just keep that laser focus. Yeah. So. Totally. So totally. I guess uh, the message to anybody for setting goals is find out what works best for you, but definitely focus in the future of what you want to accomplish and, and have that laser focus. One thing I thought was cool, Jake, that we were talking about the other day is you said that the guy, cause one thing I love doing is I love taking long showers, okay, and, <laughs> yeah. hot, and hot showers. This Jake talked to somebody that they take long, hot showers, and they just stand in the shower and just imagine, like, they try to attach an emotion to what what the, the kind of life that they want. So what they want in life and just, you know, take it all in and attach an emotion to it, and that gives you, like, like imagine what it feels like to have that or be that and then that's what you work for it almost gives you something that you have to work for because you've attached an emotion to it and so that's there's even science that backs that because like attaching emotion to a future outcome Mm -hmm. it chemically changes it chemically changes us and biologically changes us but i'm not a scientist so i can't go into all the science to it there's experts out there that talk about this though but, but because your body has already felt the emotion that's attached with the future thing, it's easier to, to attract it and bring it to, to fruition because you've already felt it. You've already experienced it. So then it just helps your conscious, like, you know, develop what you need to do to get there. Heck yeah. Dude. That's perfect. I mean, that's whatever it takes to get into that mindset. And people do that, what you talked about, to get into that mindset. Um, and that actually uh, kind of leads into a quote um, I'm actually in the process of writing another book. It's called Trading Up. It's about how you can trade up your life. Um, and it goes through different things, you know, obviously trading up your assets, beliefs, relationships, um, your health, um, your, your education. So there are certain principles that, you know, you can trade up or you can trade in your old relationships to, for better ones or trade in your old education for a better one uh, or your assets. So on the Trading Up book that will be published uh, sometime soon, uh, we talk about whatever it takes. So doing whatever it takes to get into that mindset, whether it's taking a hot shower, whether it's envisioning it, whether it's a vision board, whether it's talking about it with everybody you know or making smaller goals or making bigger goals, every person's different. So the road to success is different. But one thing stays the same, that it's about getting into that mindset. It's about doing whatever it takes to hit your goal. Is there anything specific that you do to get into that mindset? Yeah, my morning routine every so day. Your morning routine. Oh, totally, dude, into. man. I mean, I've had a few days over the last ye- few years. I've been doing that specific same morning routine for over two years now, and I've had a few days. I think I've had two or three days 
over the last few years where I didn't do it because I was either like wiped out sick or something. And those days, I mean, really, really big difference. Uh I mean, I did not feel as confident. I didn't feel as like go getter. I didn't feel like I was on top of the world. Like I am, like I feel when I do my routine and I get in that mindset. What about you, Jake? You have any? Yeah. My wife always tells me she can notice a big difference in me when I, when I do my routine and when I don't do my routine, Really? like she says, I'm a better husband. I'm a better father. I'm a better, like everything. And I feel it too. When I do my morning routine, cause part of my morning routine is exercising too. It was like, I just feel like I can't be stopped. Like I'm just like, let's go. You know, I just, that's, that's kind of how I am. Like when I pop in a set of earbuds, Yeah. like if I'm on my computer doing some paperwork and stuff for the business, I'll just, you know, turn on my earbuds or listen to some music and it really gets me in like the zone of just makes me feel like, like I'm getting, it out. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, hopefully I, I don't know what else you might want to share Mike, but there is a question I do want to ask you. That's a, a kind of a tough question, but I, I, I like, and, and it's kind of a personal question is I wanted to know if you, if you do have a, a vision for life, a mission, and if so, what does it look like and how did you like go through the process of creating that? Okay. So what's my vision and how do we get there? Yeah. How did we get yeah, to having that vision? Yeah. So my, my mission, my vision, I do have one and it's actually pretty simple. It's just one word increase. Yes. Okay. And I feeling that's what it increase was. and increase the quality of my life, increase the quality of my family's life and increase the quality of others' lives. And increase can mean a lot of different things um, to different people. For me, increase means making more money. So increasing the bank account, increasing the fitness, increasing my family relationships, making them better and happier and more full, um, increasing fun and increasing, you know, faith. So I think increasing all the five F's of life, I think the five F's are amazing because they really cover just about everything you need to have a happy life, um, and a more fulfilled life. So, so to answer your question in a single word, it's just, it's increase, improve, progress. I, I love that because my mission is almost the same as your mission. And I don't know if it's probably because of some of our, maybe our partially our religious background and some of the beliefs that we have, but my mission is to progress towards my divine potential and help my family, friends, and, and others that I come in contact with do the same thing. So it's almost the same thing as you is what you're saying. You're just saying it differently, but it's uh, yeah, just to progress. And what about you, John? I think my biggest goal is just, man, I don't know. I haven't thought, I feel like you've, you've really extended your goal out to like 25 years and I've only got to a point to where I've extended my goal out five years, but in five years, I'll just say, um, since quitting like my nine to five, I've heard my fiance say that she feels like I'm way happier um, being out of that situation. And just honestly, man, like when you're talking about fun, I was sitting here thinking like me and Jake are going on a fishing trip next week. Uh, we're taking off Thursday, Friday and Saturday, and I'm leaving Friday this week to go with my fiance for our uh, five year anniversary to St. Louis. And so I... I'm extremely grateful, man, for the position that um, obviously you guys have helped me get into and the position that all by taking a step of faith, because I definitely feel like I was called while I was in church. I heard God tell me, you know, to take the step of faith into doing the construction. And I feel like just by taking that step has increased um, what I'm doing in life and the business is able to provide for other people's families. So that's one thing I strive to do is I want to build my construction business uh, more than just making a ton of money, but to be able to have employees that I know that they're able to provide for their family because I took that step of faith and built that business. And so uh, that's my goal is to build Mitchell construction as big as I can get it um, because I know that that's going to provide for other people's families and for their kids and uh, I guess long-term wealth for their family. Awesome. And I think you bring up a good point, John, is that you don't need to have goals that are like decades into the future. I mean, lots of people, and I've been there too, I mean, up until recently, you know, just have a goal to get through the day or have a goal to get through the week or the month or even the rest of the year. So, I mean, little goals make up big goals. Yes, and And sometimes you just start with the little goals. It's hard to get out um, and 
there's uh, there's that cheesy phrase out there too is how do you eat an elephant <laughs> one, one bite at a time, time. Yeah. i mean so it's just instead of going out and saying oh i want to do this and you know i want to have this in a year or two years or this is my goal to say well, what can i do today you know what can what's a small change i can do today and tomorrow and this week that will help me feel more fulfilled and have a better life yeah yeah i honestly man just like you said just um i think if you follow like what you're meant to do or follow your passion uh you're gonna have a lot of doors open up i mean if i would have still been working a nine to five i wouldn't probably know any of you guys and we wouldn't be getting to go you know going fishing or something i mean we get to have a little bit of fun well, guess now. what you got to have the f's in order right yeah. you have your finances in order to be able to do something like that um so yeah so we're getting to serve all five of the f's i mean yeah, it's you're, awesome, you're still dude. working on the, the pumping out the, the kiddos, huh? Yeah, on the family. Still <laughs> working on you're the family. You're engaged. You're getting there. Getting there, man. Um, and that that's great. So I think that some good things have been said here. I know we, we have a few other questions. Um, yeah, is there any uh, I, any that I missed? I know there was some I sent out to you that I really wanted to ask you. I feel like we covered um, most of them. Um, Let's see. Uh, here you could even just go down the list and I – you know, I've got a few thoughts on some. Maybe, maybe they're ones that we already talked about. But I know there are a few key things. Maybe we could yeah, still talk about. There's uh, two I haven't really highlighted that I would like to talk about, and uh, the one is how did you develop the attitude of how can I rather than I can't? Because in your book, and I can't remember. I wish I had the book with me because I wrote some notes on it. Um, there's a part where you're talking about. Um, it might have been when you were training the, the, the truck. Or, or your wife's car. I think that's what it was. It was you training your wife's car because you were like, how can I get her into her dream car or something? And so that was the that was the problem. But then you started focusing on the solutions like, how can I? Instead of, I can't or, you know, whatever. So that's, that's a good one. So like what Jake was saying, um, I traded my wife's car uh, for a house because her – so uh, from right now when we're doing this podcast, I've – traded five different houses for vehicles <laughs> and actually one was a commercial building the other four were houses and so i just it's kind of a niche it's kind of a fun thing it just pushes me out of my comfort zone but a little while back um before my, you before you go into this i just remember go ahead. when i first met mike i was he told me about trading the truck for a house and i was like oh man that's crazy that's awesome i was like man you can't do that in today's market and he's like well actually i just did it and i was i was already <laughs> like saying oh you can't you can't be like, well, dude, I just did it. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. go on with your story. So always, I mean, always, I think the most recent one that I just traded my wife's, um, it was like a couple months ago. I mean, <laughs> three, four months ago. I mean, it was very, very recent that I just traded um, her car for a house. And then I flipped that house and then I bought her a brand new car. So I was able to use the profits to, you know, get her a better car. So I feel like... Um, Saying that you can do something opens up your mind. I think it was Robert Kiyosaki that said it. Um, he just said, asking how can I opens up your mind and saying, or I can't closes your mind or something yeah. along the yeah. lines of that. Um, so saying, how can I afford it? How can I do this? How can I make this happen? It just opens up your mind to possibilities. So for me, the the way that... I've been able to establish that as I feel like it's one of my given talents that I was born with is, you know, being persistent. We talked a little bit about my parents calling me stubborn and stuff, uh -huh. but they were nice about it and nurtured it. Um, for me, it's just all about having the goal in mind. That's how I can stay so consistent on how can I, how can I, um, is having that goal in, in the mindset. So just like how someone focuses on the right answers of the test, not a wrong one. So like when you take a test, you're not looking for the wrong answers. You're looking for the right answer. So it's having that one thing in the mind, like the right answer on a test or having that one goal in mind, what you want. Yeah. Really, the number one thing that motivates me, and I think it can motivate other people too, um, is just always having that end goal. Like you're talking about your vision boards and your goals and what you want out of life. So constantly thinking about the result and the end, that's what keeps me driven, yeah. is thinking about what am I going to get? How am I going to be? How good is it going to be? So thinking about that result motivates you know, a lot.
Yeah. Um, and, and we could go into so many different <laughs> areas with some of the stuff we've talked about. Uh, even just the mindset of like live in the future, not in the past, like focus on the future, but live in the present instead of the past, you're going to see a lot better results in life. I wanted to follow up with one last question, Mike. Um, and then we'll just wrap this thing up because I know we've gone well over time. Um, you mentioned in your book how you can train your thoughts and desires. What are some tactics you use to train those thoughts and desires um, to propel yourself to, to get what you want in life? Man, that's perfect. This That's a good question to kind of wrap up on. So daily rituals or daily routines bring you closer to your goals. So for me, the way that I train my thoughts and my desires um, and my mind, the biggest tactic for me is those daily routines. And we talked about that a lot on our first episode that we did together. We've talked a little bit about it today, but it's just those disciplines every single day, you know, whether it's working out, you know, reading, bettering yourself, eating right, um, working hard. So find out what your routine is and stick to it because those routines can really train your thoughts, train your desires. Um, daily routines and actions um, push yourself. And, you know, whether it's exercise, learning, reading scripture, motivational YouTube videos, even podcasts like this one, like listening to the podcast, the growth circle. So um, doing those daily routines every every single day um, really, really help. Even when you don't want to. Especially when you don't want to. Um, because really successful people, uh, we talked a little bit about exercise at the start of the podcast. Um, almost all the successful people I know that are worth a lot of money that have a lot of success and maybe even not success monetarily, but just they live a happy, fulfilled life and they have the things that they want and the relationships that they want. Um, almost all those people have a good routine and almost all those people have a good routine specifically with fitness. So, um, I know a guy and he's worth, I didn't even know. I mean, probably 50 million and he bikes every single day, like bicycle, uh-huh. you know, he, he rides an hour or two every single day and he's worth so much money and he's happy and he has a relationships and he has a full life and he works hard. So I think there are a ton of people out there. Um, even, I mean, look at Jeff Bezos, the, the Amazon guy. I saw a picture of him the other day with the shirt off because it showed him on his boat or something. I just, it was on Google. And <laughs> he's pretty in shape. I mean, he's, I mean, for his age, I don't know how old he is, but I know he's a lot older than I am. Yeah. And he's in good shape. So I feel like those daily routines, you know, whether it's exercise, motivational, you know, thoughts or texts or podcasts, and um, the daily routines are what help you train your thoughts and desires. 100% agree. And I am still working on my mindset and working on those things. And, and I have routines, but there's sometimes where I'm just, I'm not doing it when I should be doing it, even when I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so cool. Mike, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. This has been a pleasure. There's so much more we could go into that I would love to. We just don't have time for it. But where can people find out more about you? Uh, I know we've had you on the podcast before, but just go ahead and share where they can find out more about you. So the best place to find out more about me is um, through my Amazon books. So I'm sure we'll have a link where you can find my books on Amazon. Um, I also, I've got an email that we could include. You know, if you want to contact me directly, shoot me an email and then we can get together. Maybe include your phone number. I can give you a call. So um, I, I love talking with people. I love helping people. A lot of people have helped me. Um, I, obviously, I couldn't have done everything I've done in my life. Just me. I've had a ton of help. So um, I'd love to help you, love to connect with you. You can find me on Amazon. You can find me through an email that we'll include. Um, And thank you again, Jake and John, for having me on the podcast. Really enjoy hanging out with you guys. Really enjoy the opportunity to talk about the new book, The Five F's of Life. Get your own copy. The book is better than the podcast in this scenario. Thanks for coming on, man. All right, thanks. Till next time. Thank you for listening to the Growth Circle Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, connect with Jake and John on Instagram at Jake Engledew and at John underscore the underscore builder. Until next time.